This is the IBJ Podcast for the week of February 27th, 2023, brought to you by Taft. I'm your host, Mason King. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. As promised, we're following up on the issues raised in the February 17th issue of IBJ, devoted almost entirely to the challenges and opportunities facing downtown Indianapolis. So let's jump into the question that has been lingering over downtown for as long as I can remember as an Indianapolis native. Is downtown safe? Is it a safe place to work? Is it a safe place to live? It's a broad question, of course. IBJ reporters Mickey Shuey and Taylor Wooten were able to nail down salient statistics for violent crime and nonviolent crime downtown dating back to 2010. That's a lot of data that you really should check out for yourself in the February 17th issue of IBJ or online at IBJ.com. But I'll summarize by saying statistics show downtown remains one of the city's safest places particularly if you look at it in terms of crimes per capita. Here's the rub. Statistics don't matter as much as the perception of downtown as an unsafe place. And good luck quoting statistics to someone who has been the victim of a crime. To the extent that safety is a prime concern of downtown business owners and executives whose operations are based here, I thought it would be instructive to talk with two owners who made very different decisions about their downtown operations. Coincidentally, they both are founders of fast-growing logistics companies with hundreds of employees. Greg Harris is the founder of Backhaul Direct, and Andrew Elsener is a co-founder of Spot, formerly known as Spot Freight. Their offices were both located in the southern half of the Mile Square, just a few blocks away from each other. But in 2022, Harris decided that downtown wasn't safe enough, based on his employees' experiences and being attacked himself near his offices in late 2021. So he moved back hall direct to Fishers. Elsinor, meanwhile, has decided to open a second office downtown for hundreds of employees, although he does have concerns about incidents of car theft and the safety of downtown infrastructure. In fact, he recently moved his entire family to the Mile Square, just a block north of Monument Circle. Harris and Elsinor are our guests this week on the IBJ podcast, and we'll start with Greg Harris. Here's our conversation. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Greg Harris. He's the founder and CEO of Backhaul Direct. Thanks for making time today. No, Mason, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's uh, start from the beginning. When was Backhaul Direct founded? So we uh, opened shop in 2004. We opened up across on Bucks IGA on South Meridian Street on Troy, Troy Avenue there. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was fun. But yeah, 2004. And then when did you move downtown? We moved downtown 2006. Oh, okay, so pretty quickly. Yeah, so originally we were above the Hard Rock Cafe on Maryland Street. If those of you that remember the Hard Rock Cafe. And, and, and why were you interested in moving downtown? I mean, for us, you know, I just really felt like being downtown legitimized us as a business, especially a new business. You know, we were brand new. You know, 2006, we were a startup. So I really felt like being downtown 
you know, really sort of legitimized us, you know, so being down there, having a marquee address in that sort of location, quite frankly, I thought it was paramount, you know, to us launching the business. And then you guys moved to, uh, was it uh, One Virginia Avenue? Yeah. So we were right above uh, Scotty's Brew House there, One Virginia Avenue, Allen Plaza. And um, back all the we occupied the entire fourth floor of that building for close to 15 years. It's for folks who aren't familiar with downtown, give us a sense of, of that intersection there, Virginia and Penn and East Washington, all kind of coalesce there. It's at the beginning of one of those spokes that, you know, downtown used to have in spades and have since been kind of infilled in some cases. Um, yeah. So, you know, right down the street from the OTB, right? So that sort of changed the complexity of that intersection a, a, a little bit, but yeah. So uh, right across the way from like a Fogo de Chao, there's like a nice little plaza there. It is a few blocks away from the bus station, but there's a, you know, that is a high traffic area and it's right uh, down the street from Baker's Life Field House. And, you know, it gets a lot of foot traffic. So, you know, it's a very popular intersection with a lot of traffic and we enjoyed it, you know, for, for many years, there's a lot of very vibrant uh, nightlife there and, you know, a lot of restaurants, very cool spot. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. So I imagine th- your experience of that area changed uh, when the pandemic hit and then uh, the protests and, uh, and riots in May. Did, did it really significantly change the character of the area for you? It most certainly did. And, you know, what's interesting, you know, being in, you know, downtown for 15 years, you know, we saw the beginning of the rise of downtown. And then I think it sort of peaked uh, around the Super Bowl. You know, that was an amazing time. And obviously with all the sporting events and, and whatnot. It, I mean, it was awesome. And then, you know, sort of the decline, you know, I would say the decline, like post Super Bowl, but obviously COVID, that was a tough, we were there for the riots, you know, decimated, that block was just destroyed. Yeah, there's the property damage on uh, East Washington Street. Was there anything to your building? No, there wasn't, you know, thank God. Again, at the time, Scotty's had closed shop. So there was nothing really there to loot in that building. We were, again, we were on the third and fourth floor at that time. So there really wasn't much, I mean, quite frankly, we weren't worried, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, a lot of the vandalism happened, you know, more toward Meridian Street. Uh, so tell me about uh, your experience then in the summer of, of 2021. There's an incident. Uh, fill us in on what happened. Oh, it's like, oh, me personally? Yeah, you. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I, I I would say this is like around November, you know, December, and you know, it's starting to get, the days are getting shorter, right? So we had moved our parking garage to the one that just opened up right across the street from Banker's Life. And it's still sort of dark. It's in the morning, you know, probably 6.45, like 6.30, before 7, for sure. And, you know, there was always a, a, a ton of foot traffic there. You know, the homeless population, you know, there in that area, uh, quite a bit. And, you know, I mean, you don't really think much of it because they're there a lot. And yeah, basically I just had a guy come up. I mean, he's wearing a, he was obviously homeless. He was wearing a blanket, you know, running around downtown. And quite frankly, I don't remember if he was trained to talk to me or not, but, you know, I'm just focused on getting to the office and yeah, the guy took a swing at me and, you know, sort of like caught me in the back of the head, like behind the ear. And, you know, sort of took me by surprise for a second there, but it was right, you know, as I'm coming across uh, Maryland Street and I just sort of like hustled my way into our building and it took me by surprise. But yeah, so that was an interesting 
interesting thing. And I'd like to say that happened to quite a few folks at Back All Iraq, you know, that that were right there on that block. Oh, so that, that was not an, well, I would say unusual, but there are employees in your offices who have had similar kinds of experiences or where they felt unsafe or they actually were attacked. You know, we've had folks that would get followed to their car, constantly getting harassed, like either at lunchtime or early in the morning, especially after work, you know, the average age of our employee uh, is like 26 and a half years old. So they love to go out, you know, especially right there in that area. And again, that that nightlife is is very vibrant right there, especially over on Meridian Street. So you hear a lot of stories, you know, especially me in my position, you know, and, and we have a lot of young women that work at Backhaul Direct. So uh, at one point in time, I, I think I bought like 500 little cans of mace and, and gave it out to the employees, you know, and always had that ready to give to our folks. So then at some point you make the decision, we need to relocate. I mean, right. how much, how much did that incident play in the, into that decision uh, or the, the, the experiences of your employees? A ton, you know, quite frankly, you know, like I said, there's a lot of young women that work here, you know, and there's a lot of young people in general. And, you know, I get all the stories and like, you know, I'm a father. So, you know, that really hit home to me that, look, it's my responsibility to put our employees in a, in a fun environment and also a safe environment. You know, I mean, you know, we're trying to recruit um, still even more young people, you know, to come work at Back Hall Direct. We've got a hiring class of 50 people coming on in May. And, you know, this planning has gone on for a year, year and a half now. So, you know, really, I felt like it would be easier for us to attract talent out of that area. We looked downtown. We spent probably close to six months looking at various spaces, different spaces in and around downtown. And we found a really great spot, you know, just south of Fishers here, where uh, just south of Top Golf, right across the way from the nipple plate here in Fishers. And it's great. It's great, to be honest. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, so when did you guys actually move? So we landed here in July of 2022. Oh, okay, so you've been there for more than a year, year and a half or so. Yeah. Okay. So 4th of July. So we're just less than a year in this okay. space. And about six months after that experience that you had. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it couldn't have come at a better time. <laughs> for how, many, how many employees did you have? At that time in uh, 2021. Yeah. So we, so we had around uh, 120 employees in that office space. No kidding. That, wow. yeah, I never think about that yeah. building as being terribly big, but you guys had a good amount of people there. Well, we crammed them in. Right. And that was one of the reasons why we needed to move uh, to a different space is because we were bursting at the seams, so to speak. And, you know, at the time we were talking about having everyone come back to the office from working remotely. So you know, just sort of made sense for us. So you were going to need to have new space. Would you have had the, the option of taking more space in that building? Yeah, sure. And look, you know, I know Greg Allen, you know, John Cunningham, they were great landlords for many, many years there. I mean, they were willing to work with us. You know, we certainly had an option to expand in that space. They had the space available, but we just chose to get out of downtown. And yeah, how do you feel about where you are now? <laughs> I love it. Are you kidding me? I mean, I love not having to step over intravenous drug users in the morning and, you know, having to deal. I mean, you guys are right across the street from Allen Plaza, right? Yeah, so, we were. Yeah, we were. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, oh, you were. Yeah, just for okay, transparency's so. sake. Yeah, we moved. We actually moved to the circle 
Yeah, which, uh, until recently, you know, had it had its own population of people who loiter, uh, you know, and then was sort of dicey in its own way, not particularly dangerous. Sure, um, sure. I mean, we had, <laughs> I mean, right outside of our window, you know, they had that little, you know, Allen Plaza out, out there, obviously, just, you know, and, and when Scotty's moved out, really, I felt like no one was really policing that area. I mean, I'll tell you, <laughs> a couple times a day, you'd see... 40 people in her office all congregating toward the windows. We had floor to ceiling windows in that space. Everyone's looking outside at the next guy getting arrested on the corner. Mm. You know, it was tough. It was a tough gig. Yeah, there was a, and I know this because I, I pass by this every day going uh, to work and then back to my car. There's usually a group of guys, usually mostly guys, in the you know vernacular, you'd say homeless because, you know, they're dressed pretty rattly and sure, you know, I don't know if they're homeless or where they come from or, or what, but it's definitely guys yeah. who are loitering and guys, yeah. you know, who, you know, will give uh, young women a hard time when they walk by. Yeah. And you know, we, we experienced that firsthand. Would you say that moving to Fishers has changed the essence of the employee experience or changed the culture of the place? Yes. Quite honestly, being downtown, look, you know, I'm 48 years old and I owned that call direct in my early thirties. I know it was, it was an amazing time being downtown, you know, in the early two thousands, uh, mid two thousands, 2010s. I mean, it was awesome. Trust me. And for us not being down there and having, you know, all these cool events and the nightlife and the late, late nightlife, you know, for some of our, for some of our kids, it, it certainly has changed. Back all direct, I would say we've matured as an organization to be out of downtown somewhat. So I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to you for advice on where to locate. You know, I maybe like to be downtown. I'm a little concerned about it. What would you tell me at this point? You know, I would say being downtown is not necessarily a bad idea. Um, you've got to pick your pockets, you know, pick your pocket of the area that you want to reside in. So just be careful. I think our block had a deterioration over the years where we were located, but there are certainly spots downtown that wouldn't be so, you know, that wouldn't be bad. You know, I think there's a lot of areas in and around Indianapolis, whether it be the suburbs or downtown that a budding entrepreneur could find very friendly rent and an inviting, you know, environment. And you also have to think of attracting employees, like, you know, where do they want to work? We, you told the employees, hey, oh. look, we want to, or I don't know if at any point you asked them, I mean, would you like to stay downtown or what if we move yeah. somewhere else? Uh, um, what, what kind of response did you get? We did a call and we did like sort of a heat map where we took the location that was the most central to all of our employees, those that lived on the south side, east side, west, and the north, north siders. And, you know, we had a bunch of folks that lived downtown as well. The spot that was equidistal to every location on this heat map was right outside of the backbell direct office. So the response that we got from the north siders, from the guys that are east, was completely different from the south siders, right? So they weren't so happy with us moving north. But you know, we made accommodations to the folks that, you know, living in like a Franklin or a Greenwood, Beach Grove, you know, those folks that are living down there, they're two days a week in the office. And that's great, you know, and that's great for them. But if you but if you live north, you're five days, period. You know, and depending on the length of commute, we're making exceptions. I'm not trying to punish someone that's worked for me for 10 years that just happens to live in Greenwood because I made a business decision, right? 
especially someone that's responding remotely, like, you know, in a positive way, you know, and they're getting the job done. Hey, work two days a week. I'm fine with it. And I wanted to land at a location before I went out and made this huge growth push before, you know, I don't want to, Hey, thank you for coming to work for us out of Indiana university. You just bought a spot downtown. And by the way, now I'm moving to moving to Fisher. So I wanted to land before I went out and really committed to all these new employees. I, I, I didn't really think that would be a fair thing to do. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts. This is a big help. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Okay, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll listen to my interview with Andrew Elsener of Spot. This is the IBJ Podcast. Taft, today's modern law firm with more than 800 attorneys in eight primary Midwest markets and the District of Columbia, we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike. We do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach. Taft, the modern law firm. To learn more, visit taftlaw.com. All right, we're back with this week's edition of the IBJ podcast, talking about downtown safety. Let's now hear from Andrew Elsener, co-founder of logistics firm Spot. I'm pleased to welcome Andrew Elsener, co-owner of Spot. Thanks for taking time to come into the studio today. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to ask you the last question first. Okay. Because that is where we're kind of headed with all these interviews. Is downtown Indianapolis a safe place to work? So... I'll tell you, I think it is a safe place to work. Uh, as I said, I think it gets a bad rap at times. And a couple of events get blown into a giant story. There are challenges down here, but our people come in every day. And if you think since, even since the pandemic, I have four or 500, 600 people coming downtown. Our incident rate is extremely low. So the number of people traversing into our office, we don't have a lot of incidents. Are there challenges? Absolutely. But for us, it's a safe place. We love it. And, and that's where we put our flag. Is it a safe place to be after work? Going yeah. Going to get I mean, dinner, going to see a Pacers game. For sure. Yeah. Our people are always downtown. So we're engaged. I come downtown. I live downtown. Again, just like anywhere, there's challenges. But from going to dinners to being involved at at sporting events, concerts, whatever it is downtown, we we have people here all the time, personally for my family and then professionally with, with coworkers. We're always downtown. The incident rate is extremely low for us. Right. So, and and we were talking before the podcast started. It's not just you living downtown; it's your whole family, yeah, including five kids. Five kids, yeah. So it's awesome. We we moved into two twenty North Meridian, just right there. So I've got a couple apartments, five kids, couple dogs. So we are literally downtown. I don't think I've driven a car in in a month at least. So from walking everywhere to work back. Yeah, we're down here. So you're herding five kids through the yeah. downtown and <laughs> at any given time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you are totally comfortable. Oh, yeah. So they, they walk over to Starbucks on Mass Ave. They'll walk to different restaurants to get food. We walk out together to Basbo's or other places. Um, yeah. So 100%. What, what, what's, what's the age range? Uh, all the way from 11 to 19. So okay. Three in high school or one in college, two in high school and two in middle school, grade school. So When you say that there are challenges, what do you yeah. mean by that? I mean, if you look at the change in the city, I think from one of the big challenges we face is parking garages. Yeah, if you go downtown, our people have faced challenges at times parking. So whether it's break-ins, damage to the car, 
So what, how those are regulated in, in the city, I think that's a challenge. I think the sidewalks, you know, when we look at this downtown, the way you treat it, the way you see it, perception becomes reality. So if you see cracks everywhere, potholes, so we've had people get injured. Uh, we've seen injuries walking on the sidewalks. I mean, I think if you take and, and you treat that, beautify it, I think people treat it differently. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that all of us need to work on. How do we all come together and, and help clean one, two, make sure it's pretty, but invest in the infrastructure so that you have people that want to walk or travel downtown, not just in car going through it, but to stop, be able to park safely and then walk to an event or to a restaurant safely. You on occasion have employees who say, well, someone broke into my car. Correct. And then as as the boss, what is your responsibility there? It's tough. I mean, so we we pay or help pay for our employees to park downtown. And in downtown, they don't have to you sign a waiver that says, hey, I, the parking has no responsibility to anything that happens to our employees. So, so no matter what, they can just house a door, charge us, and not invest. Oh, the parking garage. Yeah, parking the, garage. The parking provider, yeah, you sign a waiver, yeah, and they say, you're, you're not out of luck. So, so I do think at, at, at if, again, and these are companies that we park with and, and believe in, they, they've done a great job generally. So for us, it's more, is there a way to regulate it and provide better safety that as people come downtown, they feel more secure uh, there because that perception is that it's not. So, mm-hmm. so helping to kind of set those parameters. But generally, again, overall, our cars come in and out of this parking garage every single day. The incident rate to the number of cars that come in and out of that facility is extremely low. It's not, it's not an everyday thing. It's and that a, is an acceptable risk for you. Right. Because it's, it's very rare that, that something happens. But when it does, it impacts your employee. It impacts their livelihood, and that impacts you know us. Uh, I probably buried the lead a little bit here. Tell us a little bit about Spot. What do you guys do? Yeah, so we're a, a third-party logistics company. We started in two thousand and nine. It's been a fantastic story. We started it at four four five North Pennsylvania and about a thousand square feet. Uh, so today we have uh, about forty thousand. We took over the old Jillian space, so we have two floors there. Right, that's on South Meridian. Yeah, really cool. Uh, Georgia and South Meridian. Yeah. yeah, perfect. It's a really neat intersection coming with the Pacers all the restaurants. And then we just took over two floors at the Cap Center. So we did kind of a, an homage to the Indy 5. So we built the <laughs> racetrack. We have a like a car wall, rec wall. We have a gold car wall, a nap room. It's a really cool space downtown. So it's a billion dollar organization. We have a tech company called Red Technologies that does development. And then we, we ha- we're 24 seven downtown. So we never shut down, not a day of the week. Okay, so you have employees coming and going at all yeah, hours. Yeah, so we have seats for 600 and some employees downtown here. Yeah. Um, so it's been a fun story to watch and, and to be part of. And for folks who don't know about the Capitol Center, that's like uh, basically 250 North Illinois. Yes, So exactly. you're starting to throw away from the Capitol. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful. The state yeah, they, they yeah. redid the, the lobby right as the pandemic hit. So walking into that building, they've kind of put an outdoor bar area, sitting area. So during the fall, spring, they have a band that comes once a week. We have a balcony that we can go out and look overlook the city. Uh, so they've done a really great job just coming together, working with that mm-hmm. building just to see what we've built out. It's it's all Indiana. It's all basically paying homage to to our state, to the to the race, the things that we love. So it's mm-hmm. really cool. So you already had a significant presence down there on South Meridian yeah. uh, when the pandemic hit. And then we have, of course, the, the protests and the riots yeah. that occurred after that. What was your frame of mind, say, in June of 2020 about staying downtown we're we were all in i mean I, I don't think that ever changed i mean you you looked around and look at the city has had ups and downs 
all cities have ups and downs. I mean, if you look at what happened from the beginning of the pandemic to the end, we've, we've faced a lot of challenges from the cleanliness, you know, the restaurants, the people that we frequent, you know, that's been tough for them. So it creates some challenge for us, but, but again, I, I still believe that it's going to come back. It will come back. It's the heart of the city. How it comes back, I think changes. How the offices look in the future change. Why, why people come somewhere changes. I mean, so I think those are things from a city, from, from us, like when we build out offices, it looks different now. It, it feels mm-hmm. different. In 2009, it was way different. And now when you look at building offices in 2022, 2023, it's a, it's a different look. It's a different feel, mm-hmm. different amenity. How have you guys handled the, the, the hybrid work uh, yeah. model? I mean, is that something that you guys already had? At that point, uh, or is that something that you guys have have integrated since then? Or what do you no, do, do, your, do your folks always in the office? Yeah, we're we're in the office. I mean, we made the decision. We we went home right when March, right when COVID hit. We go home, and so we went remote, and then we came back in stages. Obviously, if somebody has challenges, health challenges, there's a hybrid. We're more flexible now. If hey, something came up, I'm working from home. Like so, that's changed. But from our company decision, we're back in. This, it's who right. we are. It, it's a big part of our culture as a team. How we collaborate, just the just the the spirit that we have. We're back in. So and, for all intents and purposes, your your folks are forty hours a week downtown. We're back, we're in. Yeah, we're all in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? What have you seen happen in these last in, in the amount of time that you have been all the way back? I mean, we talk a lot. We talk a lot about you know yeah. what is it like to have everybody back in the office all the time because most of us don't. Yeah. What are you seeing? You know what? I, I travel across. The, I'm in an airplane almost every week. So, I, so whether it's meeting with people, uh, customers, or going to the other offices, other cities, uh, for whatever reason, you, and you, the reason I bring that up is everybody has a, has had a different approach to this. What I'm seeing on the on the macro level, or people are saying, how do we bring back? We're seeing challenges on um, how we collaborate, how we work together, the spirit of the company, et cetera. Now, not all positions, I think, in all companies, in all industries have to be and probably never will be. So, But but for us, I think it's been a big part of how we've continued on a growth mm-hmm. trajectory. It's not for everybody. Again, I, I always say, like, you can't be, if somebody does it, knock them. If they don't do it, you know, not. So- Again, I, it's just how we are, but I think from our training, the growth of the company, bringing people in, just the general spirit of the company, it's been a big part of it. It works for us. We're going to continue it in the new future and everywhere we go, we'll continue it. So you moved into the Capital Center, yep. which was an expansion. I mean, you still maintain those other offices. Yep. You moved into the Capital Center last year. Yep. Sorry. Year. So, you, I mean, you knew ahead of time, men were growing really fast. We need to open up new offices. That was that was your opportunity to give your employees a little different look. You could yeah. have gone to the suburbs. You could have gone to Midtown. Yep. Why stay downtown? You know what? That's a great question. We looked everywhere downtown. There was a discussion, should we leave? And when we sat down and looked at it, there was opportunities to go up on the north side to much bigger facilities. We just felt like from a downtown perspective, there's an energy here. You know, from, from our employees walking around on a Friday to, to different restaurants, to being close to the professional sports teams. I mean- all the different places that our people frequent brings part of that culture of who we are. And and it's part of that spirit that we believe in downtown, the sounds, the smells that, you know, everything that comes with it, it was important to us. So when when we said we were going to put our flag in another building, we felt like this was the perfect spot and 
and it really didn't become a question. It was just a question of where mm-hmm. and how did it look. Yeah, and so you ended up not very far away. I mean, not very far, a couple blocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, which is great. If you you know had had the ability to make a big change downtown, what's the thing that you think that you would want to focus on first? I think you know rethinking the way um, when we build, especially the mall. I mean, that used to be a centerpiece to the city. We need to rethink how that looks. I mean, and I hate to say tear it down, but maybe it's start over. You know, when, when you go to other cities, I'm in Charlotte all the time, Tampa all the time, the areas that they're building out, there has to be a reason for people to come here. So one, I think rethinking that from, from a work, a live, exercise, play, eat, just experiences in general needs to change. I think two, the biggest thing is cleanliness. If you think of trash down the alleys, that's a problem that we need to all come together. How do we fix that? The sidewalks, the walking, riding bikes, exercising, I think is one. I think the last thing that I've I said all the time, I would close the circle off. So Yeah, and people have suggested that before. Why do you want to do that? I think if you create restaurants, office space, live, you can do some pretty neat stuff on there, eliminate the car traffic, and make it more friendly to walk and ride a bike. And, and I, I think you'll get more people coming down to whether it's a market on Saturdays or Sundays, um, concerts, restaurants, shops. The reason people would come, you know, the reason they go up north is, is Keystone is a really nice mall. We don't have anything downtown that compares to that. So mm. we lost that. And, and a lot of cities have. So how that looks needs to change. And the reason they would come down, the reason shops would come down. So I think that's a big part of it. And last, I'd say parking. I think if you think about say parking, surface parking, access to parking, and then walking from there. I think you can do a lot with the city and have give people a reason to come back. My thanks again to Greg Harris and Andrew Elsiner. And before you get on with the rest of your week, there are a few stories in the latest issue of IBJ I want to draw to your attention. First up, The announcement last fall that the Indy Fuel minor league hockey team would move to Fishers and be the anchor tenant for an 8,500-seat arena was the culmination of two decades of vision and work by the team's founder, Jim Hallett. Mickey Shuey has the details from the long courtship between Hallett and Fishers. Also in this week's issue, Taylor Wooten explores legislation That can mean fewer former prison inmates are dropped off in Indianapolis without a housing plan after they are released. And Daniel Bradley reports that the first phase of development for a long-awaited project at the Southern Gateway Designs Bill is set to begin after years of legal wrangling between members of the Pittman family. Now, you can find these stories in the latest print edition of IBJ or online at ibj.com. I will say it is easier to access all of the latest local news about business and politics and all of IBJ's data on Central Indiana's business community and economy if you're a subscriber. And here's a new development. We have wrapped all of IBJ's content together with all of the stories, columns, and podcasts from our sister publication, Inside Indiana Business. It now works out to about $3 per week for actionable information about every notable business development across the state. You won't find Indiana's story told with this kind of breadth and depth anywhere else. Just go to ibj.com and click on the subscribe button. 
And thanks again for making time this week for the IBJ podcast. I'm Mason King. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be back again next week. 